Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Week one of college football, what is Dion doing right that other teams could take notice on? And a very sobering high school football thought that if you have kids you should be worried about, and it's not what you think. Plus, both of us finally finished the Swamp Kings documentary, what we liked and what we didn't like, and it's not what everybody else is saying on Twitter. The first four hours were simply in a moose-bouche. I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Sure you don't want no dessert? Not for me. Good. Your table is ready for Carmen and Lima's emerging podcast scene. We're brought to you by Extend Technologies, X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. Lima, I want to apologize to you today. I wish you would have jerked the wheel at one point. And you kind of did. So I thank you for it, I guess, now that I think about it. Um, starting to go down Colorado's schedule game. Mm, maybe not a thing to do. Maybe not a thing to do, and I'm glad you actually called it out. And I said, you know what? He's right. Let's get let's get away from that. Because I, I I'm so excited that college football is here. Mm-hmm. I tend to go down a college football rabbit hole, well, and I, and we I did don't not, think that we did not have an NFL slate this week. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the advantages. College football gets off to that hot start. Problem was, did not have a ton of great matchups. Uh, you did have what was supposed to be a great game between LSU and Florida State. And Florida State really took it to them. Yep. Uh, what, what, that was your marquee game of the week, right? Yep. Uh, watched a lot of Penn State. Uh, the Ohio State game was just a all and out. I watched basically all the Penn State game. Yeah, I watched most I watched of the whole it. Thing. The Ohio State game was a dud. Only watched it longer than I thought we'd really have to because it wasn't the blowout. I thought we'd get, you know, see both quarterbacks get a bunch of time, and we did not. So. Testament to uh, Indiana for I mean, keeping that game was, close. Was the Penn State game on regular NBC and that was it? I or, think so, yeah. Okay. All right, and not that was it because I watched it on Peacock. I did not. Oh. Yeah, it was on regular. I watched it probably more than I would have normally because of Drew Aller. Is that the Noah Eagle? Yes. Yeah. He's very good. Yeah, yes, but that li- was the other reason that I watched it just because he's yeah. so young. He's so good. And he does. He. There were two or three times where I'd flip away and come back and like, oh, Iron Eagle's on the call. No, it's Noah. Yeah. Kid's a prodigy. We'll have Iron Eagle on who the show do this, the game, week. this week. Who did Noah do the game with? Todd Blackledge. <sighs> yes. Yeah, boy, it's it's interesting to see how how they have divvied up the broadcast crews. The announced crews it, are very different this year. It's a underratedly nice move by NBC to bring in Todd Blackledge, and I'll tell you why. Because it Instant ages, credibility too. it ages Noah Eagle. Yeah. So no one's sitting there going, "Who's this kid telling me about this?" Which I, I'm past that. I mean, he's the voice of the Clippers for crying out loud. Yeah. But I, I think that it adds that credibility there. Like Todd Blackledge knows what he's talking about. He knows defenses. He knows offenses. And he, he just, it's such an invitation to Noah Eagle. Like, hey, you can take this kid seriously. He, he's good at what he does. 
this is good stuff. Mean, I think it's a great move by meanwhile, NBC. Meanwhile, meanwhile, I'm I'm watching the Ohio State game and I'm reading Twitter and fans just almost preemptively wanted to hate Gary Danielson, forgetting that he is a Big Ten guy, mm-hmm. has done a ton of Big Ten games in his career as a broadcaster. I right? and loved they, him. And they are going after him, going, Oh, I bet he just wants to fillet the SEC. And it's like, guess what, guys? Guess what, guys? The SEC has earned it. So I used to be there with you. There were years where I, I got sick and tired of CBS and and I got I would come on the news right after these games and, and come on and be furious with the commentating. Eventually you had to come to grips with yes, the SEC yeah. is a better football conference. And it's not the announcers, it's not the referees, even though I do think they worked in cahoots to to try to prop up teams to make sure they got into the playoff just in case. But with all of that said, like I thought Danielson was excellent. I thought Nestler was excellent. I loved hearing the CBS theme song and seeing their coverage. It was a little different. It was definitely a little different. Um, I love the angles. And a lot of the crews had had some rough moments, but it's week one. There's no preseason. Like People were ripping on Gus Johnson, had had some interesting calls uh, in in the game that was... uh, What was the big noon kickoff? I thought that was Colorado TCU. Yeah. Yeah. I thought... I ain't got nothing against Gus Johnson, but I was watching that and I go, "Hey, I want Colorado to win too." You dial it down a little bit there, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Like it, Joel it Klatt like was, guy, was outright rooting. He's doing the game with Joel Klatt, the guy who played at Colorado, and it seemed like Colorado and like Joel Klatt was being the one who was calling it down the line. Klatt is awesome. Yeah, he is a star. He's yeah. a total star. I love him. We've tried to get him on the show. He's like impossible. Uh, he's amazing. I think he is so but, good. But I think Gus is a guy who wants good storylines. I think he wants it to work for the storyline. So I could see why he would be pulling for Colorado. If you're a TC, TCU fan or a person who doesn't like Deion Sanders, uh, definitely furious. you were furious with with Gus Johnson. But right, I so thought he was great. We got to get to. We got to get to. I did want to say something about Gary Danielson. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was painting the office. I'm still in the middle of my personal remodel of the office, which. I don't know. If everything else keeps falling apart, the effing house, who knows when the hell I'm going to be done with it, but that's a totally different story. I'm painting on Saturday. And uh, I'm list- so I got the game on the big TV because, you know, the TV's on while I'm painting in the office. And I could hear Gary Danielson and him just cutting through the BS going, I do not understand this by Tom Allen. I just got done praising Tom Allen. Like, he said that on the broadcast. Yeah, because he's, he said it. He he's he's not beholden to the fake praise. It's good. Just just want you know. Hey, we're we're in business with these schools, and now we have to just be nice to them. No, that's what I love about mm-hmm. Danielson. There've been guys over the years that exude honesty. I thought Blackledge is another guy. Always was honest. I love that. I love guys that would do that in college football. And you just don't. Sometimes you don't get a lot of that in broadcast. They've just been doing it for too long. Yeah. And like a guy like Gary Danielson, well, that's why Gary Danielson's on the number one CBS team is because you can trust him that boy, and you can hate his opinion, but he's going to give you his opinion. Mm -hmm. And when they went for it on that weird fourth down and he's just going, I can't believe I just got done praising this. And this is what they come out with. I'm going, Oh my God, this is good stuff. I told you before my favorite analyst and no one ever mentions him as the favorite analyst. People always Go down the list of a bunch of guys in college and the NFL, but in football, my favorite analyst ever was Dan Deerdorf. Because at, ver- at a very young age, Excellent. Dan Deerdorf was actually criticizing. It's one thing to just say, hey, great throw, great quarterback play, great coach, great school, great tradition. 
Dan Deardorff would come in and go, this is terrible. They worked on this all week, and they can't get it right. Oh. They couldn't get it right last week. They didn't get it right today. And I'm like, yes, finally somebody has a critical eye. Listening to him in his final seasons <laughs> doing Michigan football, mm-hmm. delicious. <laughs> How nasty he could be towards mm-hmm. Michigan. Because, I mean, there were a couple of years. I mean, now Michigan's kind of a machine. Yeah. But I think what he was done two years ago. And they were still kind of like, are you going to finally be able to beat Ohio State? Like, and there was quite. I mean, he, if he saw something he didn't like, man, you could just hear how angry he was over the radio about what this team was not doing, and it was incredible. I and, loved and like, it. Th- there are guys like Kirk Herbstreit, as smooth as it gets. He ascended on a rocket ship, and now he gets to basically do whatever he wants, and he mm-hmm. gets NFL games, and and he can get two games in a week, both college and the NFL, and travel to game day and. He's, he's atop the Mount Rushmore right now in the profession, not just football, like in the profession mm-hmm. of sports commentating uh, live games. Herbie's at the top. Herbie is critical, but in a nice way. Guys like Dan Deardorff, they were not nice. They were not nice at all. Even, you know, at times like uh, Bob Greasy. Bob Greasy would get a little perturbed. Yeah, he and, would. and these hotshot young coaches would do do something, and if he thought... It was a little too cute. You know, he'd let you know. Um, with all that said, I think we got a little carried away with a lot of the reaction. And it happened on our show. It happened with callers on our show. It happened with tweeters, with Deion Sanders all the way around. Both people that hate him and people that love him. I think we got a little carried away and because, well, we, because we had no NFL this week. Yeah. And so Dion was the story. Even, even though Dabo lost and... What a what a win for Duke over Clemson. Still didn't match. The biggest story of the week in sports is Deion Sanders right now. Because nobody cozies up to the camera like Deion Sanders. And that is all with a purpose. You know, this is not something that he hasn't thought about. He is a very thoughtful guy. And to win at Colorado, to do it with those players and to have the transfers and to do it at that school and to come in and call the shots at that school and basically... Basically, hold the feet to the fire of the boosters and the athletic office and the president said, if you want me, this is what you're going to get. Because there's only one way to do it here. We've tried it a bunch of different ways here. And if you want me, you're getting everything. You're not getting me to, uh, you're not getting half effort here, right? Half measures. You're getting Deion Sanders. Bringing my cameras in. Yeah. The whole thing. And is there a lot of navel gazing? Is there. Uh, a lot of what made Dion Dion over the years where he's been successful in all sorts of walks of life, his entire life, that's what he does. He There's a method to his madness, and there's going to be a lot of hate for him. I talked to somebody over the weekend who was like, I didn't like seeing that guy win. I've hated that guy all my life. And I'm thinking the same way you are, Ken. I'm like, man, I've loved that guy. He's always him. interesting. Give me interesting. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of guys that talk trash, and I make fun of guys that talk trash because some guys can't. Some guys shouldn't. Some guys have no business doing it, and some guys can't back it up. That guy has backed, Always it, up. backed it up. His entire career Always ba- has backed it up. And I think that that's, I think that's one of the things that people hate Dion for, is that he's never had to be humbled. From throwing ice water on Tim McCarver, oh my god, to getting playing offense and defense with the Cowboys, really changing the way we mm-hmm. looked at free agency at that time. To just, okay, you know what? I'm going to be a college football coach. And it's one thing for people to go, all right, yeah, you got some players to play in the swag. But then you go out and you beat a defending, well, he, technically they weren't the Big 12 mm-hmm. champion, but a, yeah, yeah. a team that was in the uh, 
national championship game to go out there and beat them week one. Like people desperately want to see Dion get his comeuppance, and it 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 just hasn't happened. And here's how it's part of the reason I love Dion. Here's how I love this storyline. I love how interesting he is. I'm I'm listening to CBS Sports Radio about four weeks ago. Just a random casual Sunday. I didn't even know who the host was. And I heard a great back and forth with a caller who wanted to rip Deion Sanders. Like, what? what is this? Open Lines America? We're just taking calls. Somebody just wanted to call up and rip Deion Sanders. And they went through and talked about his tackling numbers and how some of those years he didn't even have that many interceptions. And he, and he, he just really struggled doing this. And uh, he got too much respect from quarterbacks. And, like, this guy has held a grudge mm-hmm. his entire life about Deion Sanders. That's amazing. Deion is one of the best ever. And to have somebody be so specific in his criticism just shows that that guy can't let it go. That one guy can't let it go. And there's a bunch of people that don't like what he stands for. They think he brought the high stepping, the trash talking. They That's always been around sports to some degree. But after Deion did it and the self-promotion and the, the, the making rap videos and wearing the bling... That that was a new phenomenon, and much in the way that the Fab Five carved out a very unique, you know, cultural cultural imprint to sports, not just college basketball. That's what Dion did. I mean, Dion is responsible for so much in sports. It, I'm sure there are great documentaries about Dion, but doesn't it seem like that that I love Dion. That that is a guy who his story is one of the most intriguing ever, and so I I think. The conversation got so skewed over the weekend. Immediately, the race baiters got in on both sides. Yep. They made this about race. Colorado has had black coaches before. And they haven't had a guy like Dion, and we haven't seen a lot of guys like Dion. There are a bunch of very proud African-American programs uh, in, in, in African-American tradition-rich schools. They've had coaches, former players. Uh, you know, the Ed Reed thing didn't really work out. What was that? Is that a good week? That was odd. That was that, a good that week was at Bethune-Cookman or whatever? Well, you hope that, I mean, you, oh. you, you've seen other guys try to take a page out of that book like yeah. Eddie George. Yes, yes, and I mean, they, they, great they, example. I don't know. They played at Notre Dame. What the hell are you going to do when you're taking over a program and you're playing at Notre Dame? So let's not go yeah. crazy on Eddie here. Yeah, so, so look, there, there's a lot of intrigue here. I don't think we needed to make his awesome, to some people, shocking victory over TCU. And because of TCU fans chanted profanities against Deion Sanders. Yeah, welcome to college football. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I've been covering this sport for now a long enough Dude, time. Did you see that sign where that thing yeah. said Deion lost more yeah. toes than they had wins last year? It's like, whoa. Listen, this is college football. This is, whoa. you can tell there's a lot of people who are new to college football Ooh. with stuff like this because Ooh. I've seen this stuff my entire life watching college football. From Catholics versus convicts yes. and, and beyond. Yeah. Yes, yes. So Dion's going to get a lot of hate and that hate is going to create you know, in some ways, more of almost a deified position for him. This is great for college football. I love that you're with Just me on Just as it. much as I would love if Urban Meyer came back next year and coached a college football team. It's interesting. It's great. That's Thank what makes that college up. football so much fun. So I saw – well, I, I'm glad you're in my in my corner with, with Dion because I want to see what they do because I think they're going to lose two in a row. I think they're going to lose to Oregon yeah. and USC. What do they do to answer after that? Because if you look at the schedule, like with the transfers they got in, I mean, I brought up his I brought up their schedule. See, I'm, and by the way, that's that's the Dion nature that I don't know if he could take over Ohio State. Because did I ever call Ohio State urban? Did I ever mention it as a he when talking about their schedule? Because that's what I just did with Colorado. I didn't mention Colorado's schedule. I mentioned Dion's schedule. That's what I just did. 
The, I think that matters. That he I, I really do think that matters. How he overshadows the school. Yes. Yes. Yeah, they didn't go there because they love Boulder. Those kids didn't go there because they were looking at the majors that they, you know, uh, are great in, and they certainly didn't go there about tradition or anything like that. They went there because of Dion. Like playing, and you stopped me from doing it on the air, and thank thank God you did because I don't think people care. They they still might not care now, but it's a podcast. I'm going to do a deep dive. I think they're going to lose back to back at Oregon and then at home against USC. Even though USC's defense is still, it was not that impressive. Yeah, yeah, it was as impressive as Ohio State's offense but was. But then you have Arizona State, new coach, Stanford, new coach, UCLA. I think they'll have their offense figured out. Oregon State quality program had no problem on Saturday, mm-hmm. even though some people were thinking upset, and they didn't. They look good. They didn't have a problem at all. Arizona, Jed Fish, new quarterback. And then you have at Washington State, it looked like they had their bleep together on Saturday. And then you have Utah. I mean, at the very best, you could see this team going 9-3. and three. I think they'll lose to Utah. I think they'll lose to USC. Dude, I think they'll lose to Oregon. 9-3 season would be incredible. That would be incredible. For, for, for Colorado to, to go, what they what did they win one game last year? Yeah. In three or four games a year That before? would be an incredible turnaround. Yeah. But I want to know what happened because you're – I think you're going to be 3-0. and I think I think you can beat Nebraska. be interesting if they lost to Nebraska. But I think you'll beat Colorado State. And then what happens after you get to Oregon and USC? Like, if you go out there and you fart around against Kenny Dillingham and a team that's clearly trying to rebuild with their new quarterback, what are you, what are you doing? Like, is this going to go back? Because now some of these guys who are transferring, are they still in on Dion? Does the message start to fall flat? It didn't fall flat at Jackson State. Yeah, I mean, kids went there because of the Dion swagger, and that but stuff goes out the window they were, if you are, if you are, you know, losing six games. Exactly, but they were also a lot of the kids that he got in at Jackson State were better than what they were playing in the swag. Right. So even if you lost a game, you're still going to be better than a lot of the teams you played. Here, you're not right now. You're not better than Oregon. You're not better than USC. I think you can be as good. Like Oregon State is a not a gimme. UCLA. I mean, what did I just mention? I mean, they're. I mean, six and six is still good. Mm-hmm. I still think five and seven, six and six, a really good season for Dion. I think that you can get people to go. They're they're yeah. believing in it, but you are so transfer heavy. Can you preach building to players coming in? Because you're so transfer heavy. Well, there's no building anymore. I mean, there is a building of a culture that mm-hmm. will exist you know, year in and year out, what's going to be expected of Mm -hmm. every player at that program. And they're going to have their ups and downs. They're going to have that adversity. Every program does. I mean, hell, Ohio state, Alabama, Georgia, they've, they've, they've had, you know, tumultuous times, but they're, they're, they're over time. There is an expectation, but you know, the other thing that we got to be honest about is if Dion's really good at Colorado this year, he's going to get offers. He's going to immediately get offers from other programs. And so how long is Dion really going to be there if True. he's really good? Probably not long. Man, I think it's such a great story. I like Colorado. It's, it's beautiful scenery. I think it's a fun fan base. I'd like to see him be there for a while. I'm also not Can stupid. Can transfer again? I don't know how the new transfer rule. I tell work. you what, I was really impressed. Did you watch that game by mm. any chance, or were you busy? Oh, no, I watched, no, I watched oh, it. Yeah, yeah uh, I was really impressed with the way he played, Shadar Sanders. Yeah. I, I was, but there was a lot. I don't, I mean, 510 yards, how do you poo-poo any of that, right? He hit the running back five times for 135, who had three of the four touchdowns. Yeah, A lot of that, I don't know that it's check with me stuff, but... There were huge defensive but breakdowns. I, in I the thought game. there was 
TCU's not known for their no. defense, and they haven't been since they've been in the Big 12. In a game like that, like you saw Jordan Travis do it later that night, mm-hmm. where Jordan Travis, or the next night, I should say, in the first half, like that guy who's a good college quarterback needed to be calmed down. He made two really stupid decisions. Yeah. One nearly cost them dearly at their own five-yard line. He made two really stupid decisions, and he needed to be calmed down at halftime going, hey, you're better than this. I think that that was the perfect situation at TCU, game one, you're gassed up. Like Everybody thinks, everybody thinks one guy should be there. And, and, the, and your teammate who played 129 snaps, everybody thinks he should be there. Travis Hunter should be there. I don't think there were people. There were some people questioning whether or not Shador Sanders should be mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And so what he did, you can get gassed up and say, I'm going to I'm gonna prove you different, and then you can start throwing picks left, right, and center and kill yourself on it. Or you can do exactly what he did, which is exactly what Owen brought up. It's like, hey, I got athletes. I'm going to go put them in space. I'm going to get the ball to them and put them in space. And by the way, that, I, I don't want to give too much credit to Sean Lewis because I want to give credit where it's due. I want to give enough credit to Sean Lewis because I think it's due. He's running that offense. That's what he does. You get, you get athletes. You try to put them in space. You pitch and catch, and then we hope for the best. And that's what he does. And that's what they did. And so I was really excited about that. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I finally finished Swamp Kings. Yeah. I, I want too. Urban to coach again. I did too, and I want him to coach I again. I want Urban to coach again. I thought the people who wanted the Aaron Hernandez thing, <sighs> I think you already got that in the Aaron Hernandez documentary. You had a whole documentary on Netflix about, about him. Yeah. It literally, you can do a search, and I want to Look take a screenshot. with each other. And I forgot to do it. I want to go, oh, man, uh, where could I have gotten more info on this Aaron Hernandez thing? Oh, in this box right next to the Urban Meyer Swamp Kings documentary. Yeah. The Aaron Hernandez tell-all. Yes. We've already gotten it. I thought it was a good look at that Florida team. There was a lot of things I forgot about that Florida team. They showed that Joe Hayden pick six. Yeah. I go, oh, my gosh. Yeah, Joe Hayden was on that team. Mm-hmm. Boy, time just flies it right does. by, doesn't it? A long time ago now. It was. And, uh... I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I thought that – I know that some of the stuff with Urban is BS. I know that people were talking about – I mean, the, 
I don't know, the kid who had the drug overdose and people were kind of side-eyeing, oh, that's why you don't kick players off your team uh. now is because of that. Like, I, Urban is... Urban is not a cuddly figure. Urban is not a guy who needs me to defend him. I, I think I trust Urban Meyer as far as I can throw him, and I probably can't even pick the guy up. Unless it comes to football. But when it comes to playing <laughs> football and winning football games, I, in college anyway, I can't deny the guy. The guy went from – now, I thought they laid it on pretty thick, and I told you in that first episode, I go, guys, he was 9-3. and three. There was no question of, of him at that school. Did he, did he take over for Zook? Was, was it that, Zook? I thought it was Zook. Was that Ron Zook right before? I don't think he took over for Zook. Who know, was it? Look. Who I am I you missing? still go to fireronzook.com and find out. Okay. Real website at one time. I and thought he was, took over for Ron Zook. Then there was Zook. the firejimtressel.com, but it was owned by the guys at Bucknuts, and it was, are you crazy? <laughs> That's good stuff. Find out if it was Zook. I am looking. But... He, he took over a program. I mean, he was nine and three. I don't think there yeah. was any question about it. Like Billy Napier it was Charlie Strong. Charlie Strong. Thank well, you. Damn it. I take that back. No, was it? So Strong it was, was a coordinator. Under yeah, it was Zook, Urban. and then Charlie Strong had the last game, and then Urban. Uh, oh, yeah. so it was Zook. So Spurrier, Zook, Urban, okay. Muschamp. Yeah. yeah. But I just agreed because I, I no, but I was thinking of Charlie Strong at Texas. Yeah, uh-huh. not Charlie Strong at Florida, and then Charlie Strong at South Florida, and didn't go that way. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to see, I want to see Urban coach again. I don't want it to be over. But then I kind of got the feeling it could be over when he's talking about how he was addicted to Ambien. That kind of snuck in there. Yeah, yeah. He's basically saying he was a drug addict. Yeah, and then he said he had to take <laughs> Ambien. He took two. Then he then he. With it a almost, beer. It I almost, said one beer. It almost went to Jake the Snake Land in, in uh, I, Beyond uh, the Mat. As, as somebody who knows plenty of people who would do some self-soothing Medicating. With, with some of that, uh, it wasn't just one beer for a lot of people. So if he was doing it with one beer, that would ever, be the exception. It's always less. You always admit less of what you actually did I'll in public. I'll ask you later. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask if you ever done it, but I'll ask you later. Um, the, the, the thing that I was disappointed in, I was disappointed with many things about the uh, the documentary. I, I wanted to really know why. Why were they able to get so good? And I know they try to explain it. They just work harder than everybody. Okay. It's a lot of football coaches that mm-hmm. that worked really hard. Think about what happened at uh, Maryland. Ron Zook They were working hard. too hard at Maryland. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Was that Durkin? Who was that? Yeah. Yeah, they were working too people, hard. People had a problem when he got an assistant job after that. Yeah. And so... Yeah, there were a lot of facsimiles thereof of Urban Meyer, and a lot of guys realize, oh, it's not just that. In fact, one of the guys on his staff, you know, uh, you, you realize it's just more than working hard. Yeah, any coach can come in and make the kids work really hard and have standards, but you, that, that there has to be a way to get a buy-in. Mm-hmm. Urban got a buy-in immediately from those guys, and he knew the special sauce of treating certain guys different. I, people were horrified to see that. And that one linebacker was like, uh, that's how it works. That's life. You're going to be treated differently based on your aptitude and your capacity to move the needle. You know, in any walk of life, whether it was, if it was at, at you know, a, uh, it was at a, a wealth management place or whether you're at a police station, whether you're at a radio station, 
like you're going to see who has a chance to be special. You're not going to coach everybody the same not, way. Er, not everybody is motivated by the same that thing. That is such a nonsensical thing I hear all the time, even at the high school level. you got to coach them all the same. Nope. No, you don't. Nope. And the best coaches have understood that certain kids need to be coddled. Certain guys, they need to have the come-to-Jesus moment. They need to have a behind-the-doors meeting. Some kids need to be humiliated when in I a way. Was, and I don't mean bullied. Yeah. Some kids react to different stimuli. When I was a kid... You, there's legendary stories about some of the, like, because Perry had some really good years in the 90s. This is going to take me right to my high school football theory, by the way. Perry had some really good years in the 90s, early 2000s. And my coach would treat us all like dogs. I mean, he, you, I loved him, but there were people who hated him. And, I mean, he, uh, the amount of running that we did, the amount of work that you did, I mean, it was very much, we weren't lifted at midnight, but it was, it it. The Florida stuff kind of took me back to how strenuous it was. It was like there were times it got pretty crazy and intense for children, okay? But there were also guys that, yeah, you know what? We had a all-state running back who he'd use the whole pass and go smoke his cigarettes out back. That's what he did, and that was allowed to happen because you know why? Because he knew he'd answer the bell for practice at 3 o'clock every day, and he'd answer the bell at – 7 o'clock or 7.30, he used to kick off at 7.30 those nights. He'd answer the bell for 7.30 that night, and he knew that he was going to be a, a guy to take Perry to the state playoffs. And he also knew he'd be a guy that could back up all that and be a um, person who would MF anybody else who didn't back up what they were supposed to do. I mean, there is differences of how you treat people, and I bet there's a lot of guys out there listening to this that probably had the same experience in high school that I had. And even before that, from when they hear the, those stories, I, I think that's natural. I think that happens. And I think there's guys that motivating can be different. There's guys that do need a pat on the ass. And then there's guys that they only you only get anything out of them when you treat them not poorly, but when you challenge them every day and are on them every day. And I think naturally that's the way a coach wants to go is the, is the challenge, and then you start to figure out what's going to work and what doesn't. But that's the way I thought it was. So I wasn't as taken aback by that. I, I, I kind of wanted to see, I wanted to see what made Urban stick around for that final year. Mm. I think that that him announcing he was stepping down, I think, is what killed the next season. Because then you're in the SEC; it's automatically negative recruiting. This guy's quit on you once. He ain't gonna be around anymore. And they all knew. They all knew. Uh, they Ur all knew. Ur Urban was not exactly quiet about that stuff. So once you went out in 2010 and yeah. you lost a game. We're we're going downhill now. Yeah. That's the way it was going to go. Yeah, and he had so many great players on those teams that they're thinking about what's next for them. So you're right. It's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. uh, I got to say, Urban, you know, going to Ohio State, I mean, that's the next story that I'm, I'm so fascinated with because it felt like the fan base, this is going to sound idiotic to people that are not Ohio State fans, felt like the fan base, they willed it to happen. They've At Ohio been, State? They've been thinking about Urban for a long time. Yeah. The trestle thing hits them like a load of bricks. Just just hit them out of nowhere. I mean, the stuff that Trestle was accused of, and then he goes and lies to the NCAA investigators, and that's it. That's it. I mean, the, the, that's the one thing the NCAA can Changed my fandom of Ohio State forever. Well, it in, in, in Trestle was, was so important in the history of Ohio State for getting – them back to the level that they always the fan base is probably the myopic fan base always thought it should be 
if Trestle doesn't come around, maybe the Urban thing never happens because they needed a program mm -hmm. that was turnkey. And I know the Luke Fickle had the year, and did they, what? Did they even finish 500? I know they got the bowl game and lost to Florida. Yeah, I thought they went 6-6. Six and six. Okay, and then they lost Florida in the bowl game. Uh, it, was a, it was an ugly year. But you knew it was dead man walking. You mm -hmm. knew Fickle wasn't going to get the job, wasn't ready for it. Uh, and there was still talent on that team. And Urban takes that job, and it almost seemed like perfect. And immediately the five stars, it was like Florida North. And I did wonder, like, are we going to get some of these guys? Like, we're just assuming Urban's going to work his recruiting magic. But now he's in the North. He did. He, he, he was recruiting. It didn't matter if these kids knew Carmen, Ohio or not. You know, that was the difference between him and Trestle. Mm -hmm. uh, he just cared, could they play football? And the minute he thought you could play football, he was going to send you an offer. And he was going to grind like only Urban knew because Urban was smart enough to understand he had no shot without the five-star recruits. Yep. He had no shot, and he did it so fast. And it was immediately. And, you know, they underperformed. They won that one championship. It was a weird thing where they get a quarterback that comes in, and they go on this magical run. It was crazy how it worked out. Uh, and then they brought back almost the exact same team the next year, and they were worse because these kids were now famous. Mm -hmm. They're probably making money. Mm -hmm. They were thinking about their pro career. And it is hard. It's really hard. That's why you got to respect what Georgia just did. I think that's did. that's the difference in Florida and Ohio State for Urban is that you. I mean, Brandon Seiler came back. Mm -hmm. Tim Tebow. I mean, he got he, he got. Why am I drawing a blank? Number twelve gauge. Who the hell? Percy Harvin. Oh, Percy Harvin? No, the quarterback for the Chris Ohio Lee? State team. Oh, oh, you're thinking of... Uh, why am, he played here. He's from here. Oh, my God. Why am I drawing a blank? Anthony Richardson? <laughs> no. <laughs> Cardell Jones. Cardell Jones. Yeah. Thank you. Jesus. It's, it's Tuesday. I talked to him on the phone a few I'm months still, ago. I'm still in Florida he got. I mean, he got Cardell Jones to come back, but a lot of guys, exactly like you said, they're thinking about their future. They're thinking about what's next. Florida had more, I think he had more of a buy-in mm -hmm. to the program and, and what it was to what it became. Well, Ohio State, I mean, you already were a national championship yeah. caliber team by the time he got there. Like, they were really good. They had, a, they had Terrell Pryor. They had stars in that program before Urban Meyer got there. And I think that that might have been a little bit of the difference. And it's hard, man. Like, right now, I still think it's easier right now. I know Ryan Day's dealing with some heavy expectations I think it's easier now. Like if he gets over the hump and he wins one, I say get the hell up. get the hell out of there, get the hell out of there. Because I think the second you lose one and like you lose, you turn in a, a clunker to Purdue or whatever, I think it's going to get much different. Of course, now you get a you get a twelve team playoff after this year, so we'll, we'll find out. But I, I think it's much different. Well, for what him. just sucks for Ryan Day is he's being compared directly to, to Urban, Urban Meyer because he was handpicked, and then in some ways Jim Tressel. Two guys that won national championships. So if he just continues this, let's say he's here another four years at Ohio State and his record is absurd mm -hmm. and they go to the playoffs every year but doesn't win a national championship. I mean, it is is incredible that people are forever, people like me, are going to be critical of him because we're holding him to a standard because we've achieved greatness. You know, we don't hold the Browns to that in any way. You can't in the NFL. No. But but. You know, obviously, like Jordan Love's going to be compared to the greatness that was before him. Browns haven't had greatness in a long time. So we're never going to hold Kevin Stefanski or Andrew Barry or any of those guys. But Ryan Day, 
you're being held to that standard. And the thought is, well, if, her, if it doesn't work with Ryan Day, oh. we'll just move on to the next coach who's going to pick up right where Ryan Day left off and right where Urban left off. I think even more so, though, because I think a lot of I think a lot of Ohio State fans are also Browns fans, the ones we talk to. And I think that they, especially the older ones, they know that there used to be a standard for the Cleveland Browns. And that kind of went away. That, that went totally away. And I also think that a lot more fans are more afraid, certainly than I am, that they will become Michigan. That they yeah. will be a team that goes into the woods for a period of time, and they, they cannot allow themselves to be that way. I wanted to get this off my chest here. There's no good transition to this, and I, I teased this on, on, on Twitter before. Have you noticed... I know you probably don't spend that much time on Joe Idle. Is it Idle or Itell? I, I I just say Idle. No offense. Yeah, I just no. It's the high school football guy. Yeah, Joe yeah. I I E I T E L. Yeah, JoeIdle.com. and he has all the playoff permutations and rankings and things like that. And it's just a great reference. I, I use it obviously every week. I noticed something here over the first month of the high school football season because you believe it's week four already. Have you noticed that there's more and more teams playing nine games in the regular season? I didn't know this. You brought this go to my attention. Go look at Joe I didn't Idle. Know that either. Go look at Joe Idle and just go through the regions here locally and look at how many teams are only playing nine games. And I texted. Are they having a bye week in the season? They are. They are. Huh. You but have because, broken news to me. Yo, yo, go look. Yeah, this is. The, I, I need to uncover something here for everybody because I'm just looking to go. Uh, the only, and at first I'm looking at, no offense, the first time I noticed it was Senate League. Now, Senate League, there's times where, that, unfortunately, some of the schools, they can't always field a team every week. All right? that That's the unfortunate thing. Like John Hay, Glenville, a couple others, they can play a full 10-week schedule. Some, I think East Tech's playing their first game on Friday. And I think they're only playing six. Okay? It, there's different things. Different things for Senate League, City Series. You know, it happens in Columbus. There's different scenarios there. And so I wasn't surprised, but I'm looking up all these other schedules. I'm going, they only play nine games. They only play nine games. They only play nine games. I started texting a couple of the uh, local coaches that I know, local head coaches who've been head coaches for a while now. And I go, I've noticed something about these schedules. Sorry, I'm trying to speak up because I lost my voice for whatever reason the first segment today. I said, I'm noticing something about these schedules here, and I have a theory I want to pass along to you. And all of them go, oh, what's that? And I go, I'm seeing a lot of teams play nine games instead of a full ten, and I think the reason is is playoff creep. Like you've said, bracket creep. And they, to a man, said, you are exactly 100% correct. Teams know that they're going to get into the playoffs. What's the point of playing a 10th game and then adding on another one? They're gaming the system to play fewer games. They're going to get into the playoffs, so let's give ourselves a bye week. Let's rest up. We don't have to get a full 10, and we can get to the, we're going to go to the playoffs anyway, and that's where it matters. So we're going to still play that 11th week. Let's give ourselves a week to rest, and then we'll get back to it. And there's another reason to it as well. Because of that, they're not just playing nine games – I don't know if you're noticing or not. Now, Owen, you specifically wouldn't notice this, and there's a reason why, and I'm going to tell you, and it's a good thing for Avon Lake. There's a lot less teams playing up in competition. 
Because there's no longer an incentive right. to play up in competition. If you're a D4 school that used to play a D1 or D2 here and there, there's no longer an incentive. Why go on the road or even at home? To get the, you're just saying teams that need the points. Yes. Because I think those top smaller mm-hmm. schools are still doing it, but those are prepping Those are the you. tippy top, yeah. Yeah, those and, are going, this is what you're going to see for a state championship. Yes. There, but there's also you have the good fortune of being in a place where Avon Lake plays good football teams. Yeah, we're gonna go eight and two, seven and three every year. And you also are chief rival amongst a team that also, and I know you hate Avon. They play good football right. teams. You, it's Elder, right? Yeah. And I can never say it starts with a K, right? Your coach, Kostelnik. Kostelnik. Yeah. Those guys are good football coaches who take on anybody. And will play up because they know they're going to see that in the playoffs. Right. You guys take football very seriously in that area. I'm not saying the other coaches don't play take it seriously either, but they they're gaming the system where we're going to make the playoffs anyway. What's the point of going on the road, getting our hands handed or getting our asses handed to us? We have fewer numbers than we used to, by the way, because everybody's afraid to play football now. So we have fewer. Well, mom and dad are afraid to let their kids play football more than they ever have been, and you know that's their decision. We have fewer numbers. Why are we going to let kids get hurt? We're not going to let kids get hurt. We're going to not play out of our system as, as much as we used to. We're going to play nine games, give ourselves a bye week, and we're going to get to the playoffs. This is what one coach said to me is now Texas high school football here in Ohio because that's what they do in Texas. The big thing is on the playoffs. They'll play nine games, give themselves a bye week, get to the playoffs, and that's it. And that's what they do. And that's, and that's what we're seeing in high school football. I mean, there was a time – I remember when I was a kid, 2002 or 2003, a place like Lake High School. They play in the Federal League. They were always, now at that time, were, everybody was D1 at Perry, and then they, or everyone was D1 basically in the Federal League except for Lake. And then they changed things around where you have to have a much higher boy content uh, enrollment to be D1. So a lot of those schools are D, D2 now. But Lake got in the playoffs at 4-6. and six. Because they won the yeah. right games against mm-hmm. D1 programs. Lake don't have to do that anymore. No. No one has to do that anymore. And I think it's... <sighs> do we need to go back to the other way? Do we need to go back? Guys, I know the OHSAA, had, they were in a hole and they had to make money. But now they have a surplus, apparently. $23 million. And so what are we doing? It's cheapening the regular season, and I'm going... And it's cheapening the playoffs. What are we doing here? Guys, there can only be one champion, and less and less. And there's less and less great stories of local hometown teams. And how many teams can win the championship? Exactly. That hasn't changed. More playoffs hasn't changed that. Exactly. Like it. It's it's starting to trend in the, in the wrong direction. Like I used to be a person who fought the parochial versus public thing, saying, "Man." I watched Canton McKinley back in the day, and to beat St. Ignatius was a major league thing. That was a big-ass deal for that team at McKinley to go win a high school state championship in 97 and 98 and a national championship in 97. Sorry again, I'm barking here. That was a big damn deal. I, I think of those memories, but I'm going, man, there has to be a preservation of the regular season. Ten games, you know, your homecoming, that type of thing, the youth night. And it's just going out the window, man. And I'm I'm afraid we're losing our focus here. Like, we're all fighting about, oh, we don't want specialization, specialization. We're fighting specialization. 
I'm telling you, I think it's something that people just like saying, but when push comes to shove, they're doing it. They're doing it. Spring football, the seven-on-seven leagues. Now we, all this is on playoffs. Now all this is on recruiting. You know, we're, we're going. Guys, we're kind of going in the wrong direction here. So do we have any power? And we got to be we, careful. Do we, do we want to talk to the OHSAA? I'm an award winner with the OHSAA, do, thanks to you. Do the fans know? Do the fans understand this? I don't think this? so. Owen, Owen's this big old uh, Avon Lake boosters you're going to find. He didn't know. That other team. Yeah, no, I'm just... I just clicked on, I went to the Look website around, that you said. I went to D2 in our in our district or region or whatever it is. Rhodes is in there. They're playing nine games. The first one I clicked on for them was Collinwood. They're playing six games this year. And they don't even play their first game until the 15th. Yeah. Yeah, and there's... there's will have been five games. Yeah, in. unfortunately. In and some of that has to do with, you know, the school district and all that as well. Yeah, I mean, some of these schools can't even get helmets. Right, it's very sad. They have to, they have to like ask the Browns. And that's, I mean, that's put, put you know the bat signal out to to have people donate, and that's sad too. Honestly. That's one thing, and that and and that's sad, and that's true, and I, I I hate that that's true, but there's a lot of school districts that are doing just fine that are playing nine games now. You go, go down that rabbit hole, and you're gonna see there's a lot of them, man. Yeah. And and COVID made it okay because remember there was a bunch of schools that had to cancel. And things are changing, so we're still seeing canceled games now. Mm. You know, numbers and things like that. And I, I think it kind of made it like, ah, before it was like, yeah, you're not I playing wonder- 10 games? What travesty happened that you weren't able to play 10 games this year? Now I'm telling you, it's becoming more and more. We're going the wrong way, guys. I'm nervous about this. Because my, my first and foremost goal isn't just for the OHSAA to make money. I, I love the game of football. I love what it did for me, and I sucked at football. Okay? I love it, and I want to preserve it. I think that football is, I, yes, I think football can be dangerous. I think it can be. I, I think it's a strenuous activity, but it's weird to me that there's so many people that say how much they can't stand football and what it's going to do to their kids that will sit down and, and watch football every Sunday. And somehow we still have football players worth watching. And the NFL makes more and more money every year. And college football is making more and more money every year. But in some places, we just don't want our kids to play football. What's going on here? I, I, I believe in football. I believe in the game. You know, Lima, you're a basketball guy. There's, there's beauty to basketball. I don't blame anybody for being a baseball fan or anything like that. But I think that football... Is a, is what part of what makes this area special, and I want to preserve it as best I can. And I, I think that with this system, we're kind of going the wrong way. We have to look at what football just does, not just what it money the, the the football generates, not just schools that can win state championships. We have to think about what it does for the good of the individual playing the sport. And I think we're starting to lose focus of that. And meanwhile, prices are going up, parking, oh, yeah. tickets, attendance well, we'll has, has dropped in certain areas too. Mm-hmm. Uh, very sobering thought, Kenny. All right, bye-bye. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 